There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Well, look, you've got an interesting thought that we should start with Hamas. And it's, I don't know, where are we with this? I'm just back from the march. I've been Which right- I didn't want you to go on because I thought you were going to be pummeled to a pate for some reason I don't know I was very I was very very fearful about it but it turned out to be nice and this is the we are of course talking about the um, the anti anti-semitism march in well I wrote London. about I wrote about it in the paper already, which you so wrote about yeah let's not pretend that I'm going to write about the march again no. but we've noticed looking at our podcast statistics that when we talk about from the heart and deeply about Gaza and Hamas and the Middle East and Israel from my perspective people listen to it more so my columns land really hard when I talk about all the Jewish stuff. Yeah. But I'm a journalist and I want to land hard. But we've got lots of great, you've got loads of great fun ideas to talk about in the podcast. But we're thinking, let's talk about Hamas because people want to hear about it. Therefore, we'll do well. Are we turning this tragedy into clickbait? Is that okay? Is well, that- I, I, that's a good question. And obviously, turning things into clickbait is a thing that I dislike and dis- disapprove of. But, but... You say clickbait. Someone else says, give people what they want. Well, do you remember when I wrote a big takedown of architects? Uh, the architects weren't happy. And the architects weren't happy. And I wrote, like, God, I can't even remember. It was like, there was a story, architects always inflate the price. Well, duh. Yeah. I wrote, rule one of life, never hire an architect. We've done our house, basement, roof. We did it, you know, back of a fag packet. Some, you know, lovely Albanian guys went, no, you don't want the wall. We knock, we put. Yes. And it was all brilliant. And our house is still standing and we saved ourselves. Now, I wrote a piece, kill all the architects. We don't need yeah. Architects, mate. I was the front of Architectural Digest. Yes. Reaper had emergency meetings. There were helicopters hovering. Corrin said, and they all went clickbait. Oh, he's written about it for yes. clickbait. Yes, And yes. I'm going... That's not what clickbait is. Do you think, mate? Clickbait is... Britney mate- Spears likes Jamie Oliver's picture of Taylor Swift. That's oh, what clickbait is. You know, is. it was uh, Spanish... Ola magazine has possible long lens photo of Prince Andrew's dick. So is so is Hamas clickbait? I would say I I would say no. I would say it's okay for us to talk about Hamas specifically the ham the, the 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 screenings that are going on at the moment, which are made up of the body cam for footage of the Hamas terrorists on October the seventh, and you were invited. 
to so, go and see this. I, I yeah, exactly. So, but my, my, the quandary journalistically is uh, wanting to write about it, not wanting to dig out something and try and find something new. I find hot takes distasteful. I responded when I felt I had something to say, but trying to think of something new to say. And people are doing it in the paper. And then under, oh, this was such a moving take by this journalist. This is brilliant. I hadn't thought of this. Oh, you've written so nicely. If you write about death, oh, people love that. Oh, that's moving. And I think even that in itself, even to be congratulated on writing something original and heartfelt about this is a bit distasteful. But the thing is that we are both the products of households that did not particularly celebrate um, examples of humanity. My household celebrated only telling jokes and telling good anecdotes and being funny. That's the only thing my mother cared about. And so that's the only thing I care about now. And yeah, no, my father would never have written about any of this. He'd have exactly. just, just been jokes, writing jokes, about jokes, 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 jokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, I want to, right, what I want to talk about, the thing I feel strongly about is the Hamas videos, okay? Mm. So I was invited to two different screenings. Uh, when they and, and they and they said, you know, we've got your name from something. We'd love you to come and watch this. They were this IDF, I think the Israeli Defense Forces put this on. It, it was arranged by Israel because uh, they had this footage that Hamas have floated online with all these terrible killings. And it briefly crossed my mind that I was flattered to be asked, and I could go. And then I thought, selfishly, no, I don't want to see this. Yeah, you know how you and I felt after we had children. Uh, a phrase of yours that lives with me forever. We call our children the booglers mm-hmm. for reasons of what no one needs to know. We call our children the booglers. The first time we saw, we watched a movie in which a child died after Kitty was born, you turned it off and said, I have no use for dead booglers. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, you, after you've had kids, you never need to see a kid killed in a film again. No, or, or, even, or even a sad one. Or placed in even any jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. Or even a child scared. You don't, I don't want to see fictional... I don't want to see real. I don't want to see yeah. snuff. In the early no. days of the Gaza tragedy, whether whichever side it was, they started coming online, stuff you're not supposed to see. Mm. The newspapers, the news media, the t- they filter it. You don't see, you're not supposed to see dead bodies. You're not meant to see faces of the dead. You're not meant to see people dying. You're not meant to see people in their last moments. There is a... Th- thing in the world where it is sort of your duty people think it's their duty to confront these sort of horrors you slightly have it about the holocaust i i have skimmed the top 0.5 percent of information about the holocaust and that is enough my imagination can do the rest i need to sleep at night i don't believe it didn't happen i believe it happened and i believe it was terrible you are more like don't be no, no, no. Don't be I, wet, you know. I want to talk about the Holocaust. In the brief point that I want to make, I need, it needs to be talked about the Holocaust as well. No, these people... The point is, I decided I don't need to see it, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe that it all happened. Yeah. I believe that the death and destruction on both sides. But I believe that Hamas did what they did. I understand what it was like. I understand the precedents. I don't... It doesn't... It's not about being like the Holocaust. It's about the pogroms. The pogroms which were one-on-one right. killings for hundreds of years in, 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 in uh, Europe, the Holocaust was a different and a mechanised thing. And, and you don't need to draw comparisons with that, but comparisons with pogroms. Right. I don't, and I don't need to see it. Now, um, the, the, lots of people did go, is why I want to talk about this. And the papers were full of pieces about it. Uh, people like Owen Jones, the, the former Corbynite momentum left-wing guy, he went and he's, he's gone in there and taken notes and he has chosen, and I admit I have not, I couldn't, watch his video about it past the point where he said that there's no proof of any rapes 
uh, he, he's looking at it to see if it's true. He sort of doesn't really believe a lot of it. He thinks it's IDF propaganda. Meanwhile, lots of well-meaning journalists have gone and have written about their trauma at seeing it, at seeing these killings. And the ones I've seen have all not been Jews. And I don't want to be, I don't want to condemn them. But when I saw writers on our paper and others saying, I've seen this, I watched it, I sat there, I couldn't, I felt sick, but I made myself watch. First of all, I see them rather platforming, foregrounding themselves, trying to garner a little bit of cred. They've been so heroic as to sit there and watch these people who they didn't know being killed. They think they've done this rather great thing. And then, and they are showing solidarity. And I'm reminded of all the people, it's a thought I had for years, the Gentiles who go to Auschwitz to visit it. And I'm thinking of Ian McEwan, Martin Amis, the comedian Arthur Smith, I've seen it. They go and they say, I didn't realise until I went to Auschwitz. It's a big thing for Amis, a big thing for McEwan, right as I admire. Oh, I, I went to Auschwitz. I saw the piles of shoes, they write. And I, and I saw all the spectacles, as you know, taken off the Jews when they went to the gas. They thought they were having showers. So they took off their shoes and their glasses and they went to, and then they were gassed and they died and their bodies were burnt and the shoes and the glasses piled up to be sold. And, and you can see them at Auschwitz. I thought when McEwen and Amos say how deeply they were affected by seeing Auschwitz, it makes me think, did you not believe it before? Were you not affected before? The Holocaust was, at that point, 40 years ago. So I never needed to see that. I feel the same with the Hamas. I feel that these Gentile writers who think they're so brave for having looked at it, telling us, yes, it's terrible, it's true. Why didn't you believe it before? Do you need to see it to believe it? And also, I also slightly feel you were able to look at it because they're not like you, they're just Jews. And I know this is unfair of me, but, I'm a Jew. When they were, what, they killed those people for being Jews. They weren't incidentally Jews. It's not like some Jews died. Lots of Jews died in nine one one. You know. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, these people were killed because they were Jews. That that's just me. That is. And so I've met the. I imagine a column of why I have not seen. I did not take up any of the invitations. Mm -hmm. Important though it made me feel to be invited to go and look at these Hamas killings. And look, good people like. Bob Crampton in the Times have written well about seeing it, and that's great. But Owen Jones went and felt that there was no proof there of the killing of babies. He says in his video that there's no proof that the killing of the babies was deliberate. <laughs> he's, he's gone there. I'm not calling him an anti-Semite, but he's gone along to this thing and watched this thing so convinced that Israel is so evil and so inclined to propaganda and so determined to wreak what he calls a genocide that, uh, that he says I, there's no evidence of rape, there's no evidence that they tried to well, kill the babies. Uh, well, uh, but, but, and, uh, and Israel's propaganda at the moment is terrible. But one of the reasons why the IDF did put it out is because, specifically because the public confidence, or the, I can't remember, the Ministry for Public Communication or something, in Israel had been sort of wound down. And that's why Ilon Levy, nice boy from yeah. Hampstead, UCS boy, was brought in to just to, to, to pump out slightly different messages. I, I just sort of think the idea that these the death of these children was made into kind of popcorn entertainment for that, you know. Well, I don't think that's what the IDF, I don't think that was the intention. I think that, you know, you if you live on the internet a lot, then you, in the real world, you end up doing slightly strange things. And I think that the IDF, or I don't think it was, I don't think it was a bad idea, but I think they get the impression from social media and the internet that there are people who think 
that it didn't happen or no, it wasn't real IDF or Israel are lying about certain things that happened so they wanted to say here's the body cam footage so yeah, it, it is real is that the people who think it didn't happen say that the IDF made it up I think that they believe that what they were that they were doing a journalism. I think that's what they thought they were doing. They were doing some reporting, but but they were doing a shit. Well, they they they're all they're 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 all banging their own drums. Now, there's a very nice idea of mine that you'd like to pinch, which which I term. Winter is our Glastonbury. And it's not even my idea. It was actually an idea of your ex-girlfriend, my best friend, Melissa. And I was talking to her about why we love Christmas so much. And she actually said Christmas is our Glastonbury. Did she? When she, she yeah. says our, does she mean her family? No, hers and mine. Oh, right. So neither of us are a huge fan of summer. I've sort of come to terms with it. She's kind of coming to terms with it as well. But what we like is autumn and winter. That's our season. That's when we come alive, even though it's dark and everybody's ill. I'm ill for the third time in a row. Even though a winter has its challenges, winter is our season. And she said, Christmas is our Glastonbury, because that's how she talks. Christmas is our Glastonbury. And she was absolutely right. And you like this. You like well, no, I was just coming down the stairs the other day in our, in our nice warm house from, I don't know, reading to the kids. And came to the turn in the stair outside our bedroom, where the sort of door was slightly ajar. Maybe there was a fire burning in our wood burner in the in the in the bedroom in the dressing room. And then there was our, our sort of and I looked at our bookcase and our yucca plant doing what? No, what is it? It's a cheese plant. It's a monstera. And yeah. monstera doing really well in the corner. And I just thought, oh, I'm so glad it's winter. Mm. You know, we've talked. About, I, I've written now. I like winter. I don't like summer. Summer when you're expected to do things. And you're expected to see people. Yes, you're expected to go to Glastonbury and pop festivals. You're meant to be at parties. You're meant to be always... And, and we're not really like that. Uh, and I just want to be home. And the great thing is, is winter comes along and all the people who've been having fun outside have to stay home. And then the rain comes driving and all the people who are going to go to parties don't bother. And the party gets cancelled and the canapes go mouldy and the booze doesn't get drunk. Fuck you all! Because mm. I wasn't invited anyway. And I like it. The season that comes along coming in now when because Christmas is a bit threatening but this bit now nothing's you can't go out it's rainy there's just you watch sport and films on the TV go back to bed in the afternoon don't have to go to new fancy restaurants you just eat cheese on toast and then and then you yes exactly and you and you and very and very soon you'll be able to say to everyone I'll see you after Christmas see you in the new year yeah, Why? and that's when you said winter is our Glastonbury. Because for, for well, Christmas is our Glastonbury. When I'm oh, saying winter, okay, the whole of winter is our Christmas Glastonbury. is because Christmas I start. Everyone starts having these parties, and how many people are you seeing for Christmas? And we're not. It's just us and and, and your parents. So you prefer winter is our Glastonbury. Winter is our Glastonbury because right. I want to write the piece now, and I don't want to write about Christmas. Fine. Okay. Uh, so I, I would be writing about. It's like gla- everyone loves summer Glastonbury because you can just go somewhere outside and meet everyone, and everything's hypersocial. In winter, nobody can do anything. So what is what you're saying, that Glastonbury is not just the three-day festival. Glastonbury is a summer state of mind. People get all excited because Glastonbury's coming. Glasto. I don't yeah. know if anyone goes who isn't a Times journalist. I mean, my, that is my <laughs> exposure. It's, it's T2. It's always... Satnam is in this tent and Catelyn's in that tent and Hugo's in that tent and then then sort of the like whole of the fashion Matthew Paris is having his first Glasto. They are, <laughs> they are running out of people to have their first Glasto. And they, they get all excited about that but I get excited by the absolute opposite that I'm not going to see anybody or go anywhere. Nothing is possible 
and you sort of prepare for the winter season, just like in people getting their wellies ready for the thing. I just get my my flannel pyjamas ready yeah, to, for, yeah. for winter. Pack, you know, pack, inverted commas, for how do you pack for the, for winter, which if that's your Glastonbury. Well, it's your, it's your the whole table, gloves, tissues. No, but anybody indoors, I like my inside-out cashmere jumper with holes in. Mm-hmm. Winter, winter is my Glastonbury, or Christmas is my Glastonbury, winter is my season, I come alive in winter, all excellent. Although you do, I mean... You do like the sunshine as well. That's you do not like the point. The I'm trying not to, the point. It's a column to write. Yeah, sorry. It's about the sorry, truth. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's about finding something to say. Okay. Which people will click on. Winter is my Glastonbury. That's just clickbait. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Tuesday's paper, front page, VAR for free kicks. You have a football story. It's a football story, yeah. The football's law. Do you know what VAR stands for? No. I don't really. Video. I'm going to guess video assisted referee and turn to Neil. I think so. Yeah, video assisted referee and something like that. No, it'll be that. It's something like that. Fine, okay, fine. Who cares anyway? So everyone knows what VAR is. VAR is the, is the thing they use in football where they record everything and if, if someone wants to question a judgment of the referee, they, they, they shout VAR. And if there's something like a red card offence, if someone does yeah. a tackle which the ref doesn't see, which could be a thing, they go back. But, they all, but they're in the Premier League, they have it and it's a bit, there's a thing where it, the game has to slow down while they go and check and people don't really like it. No, and this season no. it's been getting it all wrong right. and there are only certain things that you can do. But my team are in the championship Queen's Park Rangers and we don't have VAR so I don't really care fine but this is funny okay so football's lawmakers will be asked to consider whether VAR's powers should be extended to cover free kicks corners and second yellow cards I don't know what any of that means and it doesn't matter because my idea for your column is a VAR for life like a VAR for the whole world. So the story there then is in football, it's been used for limited numbers of things and now they want to use it for everything in football. But, says Giles Corrin, why stop at football? Why stop at football? Okay, I want a VAR to see who was it who fed the cat last. I want VAR on, you know, domestic... Well, it's arguments. like you said, you, you said you'd... Uh, I come down, the cat's upset. You said you'd fed the cat. Yeah. 
No, I didn't. And you did say you'd fed the cat. Yes. VAR. Yeah, VAR, exactly. So that but w- other things that you can apply VAR to. Well, it's like it's like marital arbitrage, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but but not arbitrage, marital arbitration. Mm-hmm. Uh, where That's divorce arbitration. Divo- well, it's like marital guidance, you know, which is the thing you say which you don't need because it's just... Well, I feel like they get you in a small room, encourage you to say terrible things to each other and then sort of turf you out onto the street to deal with it. Yeah, but whereas this, you wouldn't need it. You've got VAR. So it exactly. Would, so we've had it in the past. I mean, it, we used to have cat cam. Uh, <laughs> and that you were able to see which cats had violated our, our yes. territory. In the... Yeah, so you have cat cam, but you have like, basically sort of CCTV, but like final word CCTV for, 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 for life. Okay, VAR would have been very handy last night mm-hmm. when Sam said, can I watch another episode of Rick and Morty? Mm-hmm. I went, yeah, I don't care, sure. She, he ran upstairs to tell his sister, came down... A minute and a half later, crying, he's been kicked in the ghoulies. Really? Is that what happened? Did, you went storming upstairs. We'd had a couple of wines. Okay, only two. But you went upstairs to take it out with on Kitty. Yeah, I wanted to see what happened. I wasn't sort of drunkenly charging up the stairs to shout at my daughter. I just wanted to Oh, get... you only had two. VAR. No, that's... Well, well there you go. Yes, you there know you what I mean. Because it's true. You weren't... I'm not suggesting you were drunk. That's, you had two glasses of white wine, so it's fine. You were, but that's just that's just enough for you to like take an interest in the kids' row when you would normally have just left it. You fine, okay. Yeah, so yeah, you went upstairs enough. to find out what had happened, and Sam said, "Sam said, don't go and." You know, I said, "Should we go and tell Kitty off?" And Sam said, "No," which is your for ah, oh, you oh, haven't given why? us the whole story. No. Upstairs, Kitty says, "Kitty, who was sitting in bed giggling and rubbing her hands together because she was so looking forward to giving her side of the story, yeah. which she was severely provoked." And I totally believe that. That's where you need. But now, what we need VAR for now is to find out what's happened to Kitty's watch. Because I think what has happened to Kitty's watch is that Sam, in a fit of pique, has stolen Kitty's watch and hidden it. Well, no, but that's not VAR. That's CCTV, that's CCTV yeah. Surveillance Society, which yes. is a different column. It but, is a different... It's different. But, it, how is VAR different from... No, no, no. Yeah. The, no, because VAR is, it enables you to get to the truth. And the, so in this question of VAR with the kids, who started it, who did what... Yeah. The, uh, the problem with VAR in football is it's taken authority away from the referee yeah. and it's led to a complete, for me as a Corinthian sports enthusiast, a complete diminution of what sport is for, which is, right. which is honest competition between gentlemen where they can broadly make up their minds about what happens and a referee is left to come down one side or the other if any of them are gentlemanly enough, ungentlemanly enough, to cheat. You shouldn't... Once you say the referee's word is not final, we're going to scrutinise yeah. it over and over and over, what's the point of playing the game? It's, it's just bloody football and it's spoilt football. Same thing. Who gives a fuck with the children? Shut up. Do what your parents tell you. Mm-hmm. Don't lie. Once you drill down into having to have VAR, it's the yeah. same thing with, uh, with a marriage. If really... You and I cannot resolve the question of Who fed the whose idea it was to put green tiles in the larder. <gasps> Mine. Yeah. I can't believe you then put that up. If we can't resolve it without going back to VAR in 2009 to see the moment in the conversation when you said, oh, we should probably wallpaper the larder. And I said, <gasps> no, let's use green tiles like at Tufnell Park tube station. I hate, I'm going to kill okay. you. I'm going then to kill you. If, if our marriage is so flimsy that only video evidence can resolve it, then we should get divorced. Yeah, love it. Love that. I'm not calling a lawyer though, you do it. Um, we could have a proper conversation about single sex schools. Oh yeah. Um, 
Single sex schools rush to go co-ed and fight to keep pupils. We don't yeah. need to know that much. It's they're talking about private schools. They're talking about Labour's plans. There's always different arguments about single sex schools. Yeah. Uh, we could imagine this was a proper podcast. The rest is education, and have a sort of back and forth about it, couldn't we? But Labour's plans on VAT, pensions, and parents changing tastes have piled the pressure on. I guess they're saying schools. It won't be the top schools, but they're they're struggling no. to get to get people to come in. Our, our old alma mater, Westminster. Uh, is going to go fully co-education from 2028. Mm-hmm. The last holdout schools are going fully mixed to try and get kids to come. Which brings us around to your controversial... I was having a conversation with uh, my sister, as it happens, who's looking at schools for her daughter and is absolutely, you know, de- dead set that she should go to a mixed school because mm. she likes hanging with boys. We used to think that about Kitty when yep. she was at nursery school. She should go to mixed because she only likes boys. You are now, and as, as we go through the 11 plus with Sam... You know, de- we were desperate to find schools where there were only boys. We don't mm-hmm. want, well, you don't want mixed education. Why not? Well, I think it depends on the child very much. And I think if our niece wants to be at a mixed school, then, then, then that's great. And there are lots of mixed schools that she can go to. Kitty was at a mixed primary school and that worked really well and was really brilliant for her up until she was 10 and 11. So it depends. I, it really depends on the child. I think that what I didn't like about the treatment of my very gender-conforming son in a mixed, quite right-on primary school is that all the things about him that were very boyish were considered to be childish and bad. And I think that's really... a dangerous way to treat boys i think if you tell boy there are lots of it was very right on there's nothing wrong with being right on okay that's completely fine but there but pretty much every girl in his class came into school wearing a the future is female t-shirt and high jinks that he got up to with his other little boy mates like waving sticks around jumping having jumping competitions you know finding toilet humor quite funny we're talking like six five and six and seven mm-hmm. year olds right you could be talking i'm sorry you could be talking about 14 15 year old 16 year old boys who yeah. find toilet humor funny and girls go oh you're so immature yes you're so immature that was the point and i it? think that when i i do think that when boys and girls get to I mean, cert- I mean, certain boys and girls are fine with it all the way up, and that and that's fine. But certain boys who are high energy and blah 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 and chat 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 and they, if you if you mix them in with a whole load of girls who are just going to tell them that they're crap all the time, you, that is how you make a man who hates women. <laughs> it's, it's like that's how they're made. You take a man and you tell him that he's shit. And you get an incel. It's a school for incels. Yeah, it's a school. Yeah, which is a, it another sounds like a restoration it comedy. Doesn't have <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But I couldn't see anything about a mixed school that was doing my son any good. And towards the end of her education in a mixed school, I actually didn't see anything about a mixed school that was doing Kitty any good. So I thought, hmm. At this point, I think they should go. When you're 16, I think you can sort of mix it up again. So we have set. I, so we're what we're talking about is new reasons, and this I could write about new reasons why 
mixed education is bad. In the old days, you know, we've got to keep them apart because sex is a distraction, because girls mature a bit earlier, because boys are only thinking of one thing, because in conservative families, it's always said about Muslim families, they don't want them to mix, so you, you, you have to keep them separate. They must focus on their schoolwork. And then the reason for having mixed, I'd have always thought, was because to enable people boys and girls to get on and I would have felt that I would I had a very strange relationship with women for ages because I was deprived of them for such and a long period of my childhood always have had a strange relationship um, with them. and I but so so but this is the new reason because of the vilification of men yeah and we one of the schools up the road from us Highgate had this massive thing with the everyone's invited it started there right and the upshot was the girls were going online to grass up boys for being behaving in abusive harassment borderline rape ways mm -hmm. and it created a very toxic atmosphere and the truth was clearly at this school either the boys were rapey or the girls were pretending the boys were rapey to get attention and whichever was true was a bad lookout for the yeah. school it was bad news so I think some I think I'm sure some schools handle it really really well but if there is the option there just to be single sex I think for the right child, I think it's important that that is an option. Well, it's why, so why my daughter, I'd have to write why my daughter is at a single sex school or why my boy must go to a single sex school. The interesting thing with this would be you were so dead against single sex education. You know, when we met, we hadn't had children, we didn't know anything about children. <laughs> Still don't know anything about children. We only know about our children. Um, you were really dead set against it. And you had got this massive hang up about how you were kept away from girls until you were 16. Um, which is, I, I think, absurd. And I think the idea... That's, the, that's my comedy first half. Yeah. Because I have to write a column with some jokes in. But I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that's a proper column mm -hmm. where there's a, you know, it's a proper week-long news story about the schools. My old school is going fully co-ed. Yeah. Uh, these schools all are. My boy is looking for a school now. We have, having spent a long time thinking of it, we are now sort of moving heaven and earth, as it were, to send to a single-sex school. And this is why. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.